Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Today's message is from a guest speaker. We pray this message speaks to you. Well, as you know, Richie uh, Seltzer, he came, with, he came to minister with Paul Martini last fall. He has a, a heart, obviously, to win souls to Jesus and to equip saints to do the very same thing. He travels the word preaching, the same message of the gospel, so people would, would come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and then also uh, to just, just impassion the church to win souls. Even last night, I was with him and a couple other guys, and to see them not in a pulpit, no microphone, nobody will ever see them again. But to see these guys have a heart uh, to minister to people when nobody else is looking, this is not a stage ministry for Richie. This is a lifestyle to see the kingdom advanced. Father, we just thank you for the salvation. My favorite miracle is still salvation. The one-step deliverance program out of darkness into light. So good. Yeah, that that miracle happened in Sao Paulo, Brazil, mid-September, And I'm going to share a short, brief, and powerful message because of time. I want to honor the time today. We had a lot of fun preaching the gospel a little bit earlier. And the good news is I'm back tonight. So if you want more, you can come back tonight if you're hungry. How many people know that the hungriest in the kingdom always eat first? I can measure the level of your humility by the level of your hunger. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. If you're hungry... It doesn't matter what I place before you, you're going to eat it. If you go through the desert for 40 days and you don't eat anything, if I place your most hated food in front of you, how many people know you're going to eat it? There's a way that hunger has of humbling you. Amen? In the kingdom, if you're not hungry, all you got to do is eat more. See, in the world, if you don't eat, you get hungry. But in the kingdom, the more you eat, the hungrier you get. So if you're not hungry, I got good news for you. You just need to repent and begin to taste and see this morning that God is good. (laughs) He's here with us. The reality of the fact is, is that he's here with us. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight, but I'm going to give a short, brief, and powerful message uh, this morning. And I was reminded as we were sharing this video of the lead up to this video. You see, this lady had cerebral palsy. And she, when she walked, when they actually uh, got her out of a wheelchair, God started doing miracles this evening. Uh, It was the last night of a conference and they asked me and Paul Martini to tag team the night. I love doing ministry all the time, but my favorite time to do ministry is when I get to do it with friends, especially people like Paul Martini. I just love Paul. He's my closest friend. And um, so we're tag teaming ministry that night and we're creating an atmosphere of faith. Did you guys talk about faith last month? Did I hear uh, a little bird told me that you guys talked about faith last month? We talked about creating an atmosphere of faith, creating healing breakthrough. Dr. Randy Clark wrote a book last year called Healing Breakthrough that I highly recommend you to purchase, or you can go online, go to Global Awakening, but it's about 20 years of experience of how, what he's learned in creating an atmosphere for healing breakthrough. Uh, So he's a stats guy, so he takes uh, statistics of every meeting that he does, how many healings, how many sovereign healings, how many healings happened at the pulpit, how many many healings happened through words of knowledge, Uh, what kind of healings were they, were they miraculous, were they uh, a healing? You know, there's a difference between a miracle and a healing. Like all these different things, he takes stats and he wants to figure out and study the moves of God to see if we can redo certain meetings. Does that make sense? A little bit. Some of you don't understand what I'm saying, but anyway, he put all that information in the book, Healing Breakthrough. And so there's certain things that you'll see us do who minister in this healing anointing or this uh, anointing of miracles or even evangelists that you'll see do to create an atmosphere of faith. So you might hear us tell testimonies. Why are we doing that? We share testimonies about what God has done because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So when we begin to testify to what he's done, it reveals his nature and what he will do. So it's prophesying to the atmosphere and it's building faith that if God could do it in that person's life, then he can do it in my life. We show videos of God doing miracles. Why? There's something about your visual eye seeing a miracle that builds your faith and builds your hope that God then will do it for you. How many people know that God already wants to do miracles? 
like it's already his will. Hopefully we don't have to lay the foundation that it's God's will to heal every time. His will is revealed through Jesus' apostolic prayer, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In that prayer, he revealed the will of God, which is on earth as it is in heaven. No one believes that there's cancer in heaven, correct? So his will is not for cancer to be on the earth. No one believes that poverty is in heaven, correct? So his will is that poverty not be on the earth. His will is to release his kingdom through you and I in the earth. Come on. And so we want to begin to build faith in the atmosphere. So we're doing that. And as we're doing that, God gave me a revelation that sometimes we are pressing in for the healing to God and begin, we get into this place of begging God for healing as though we have more mercy than he does, as though we want people to be healed more than he does. And so we get into this, this striving like, God, if it be your will, please heal him. I just really, 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 and it looks like we're constipated a little bit. I really want him to be healed really bad. And I remember my friend Joaquin Evans, he pioneered the Bethel Healing Rooms ministry who have seen countless people healed miraculously of different diseases, cancers, and different things. But as he was pioneering this ministry and they began to see breakthrough in elbows and knees and backs that were being healed, all of a sudden some testimonies came forward of a few cancer healings that were healed and and people started flying from all over the world to little old Redding, California, all the way from New Zealand and Australia, emptying their bank accounts. Some of them had terminal illnesses, and it was like their last stop before heaven. If God didn't heal them, they were going to go be with Jesus right now. And uh, they begin to feel a pressure come on them because of the amount of money, and the, these people are giving everything to get here. Some of them would take oxygen machines on the airplane, and the doctor said, we don't recommend you go on the airplane, and they would say, I just got to get there, and I can get healed, and they begin to take an un, um, I, I think it was not right pressure on themselves to release healing, and they begin to press in for healing, and everyone was dying or getting worse. They weren't seeing a lot of breakthrough, and in the middle of that place, as Joaquin was praying about it, because he said that what would happen is he would do a healing rooms on a Saturday, and after the two hours, he would look back, and his prayer team would look worse than the people who came to get prayer. Like, they were wore out, like, pressing in for breakthrough and not seeing the breakthrough that they were wanting. And, and the Lord said, hey, Joaquin, it's like he was tapping on him as he was pressing him for the breakthrough. Hey, Joaquin, press in to me. He said, hey, Joaquin, I'm not in the cancer. See, they're pressing into the problem, into the cancer. They're pressing into the terminal illness as if God is in the illness. But he said, I'm not in the illness. Press into me and you'll get your breakthrough. And he heard the Lord say, taste and see that I am good. In other words, experience. And he, heard the, and he had a vision. And in the vision, he felt like the Lord said to him, I want you to create a, a ministry before the healing rooms that is called the honeypot. And the honey pot is all about drinking of the goodness of God. We should not be drunk with wine, but we should be filled with the Spirit. Drunkenness with wine and alcohol is a counterfeit to being full of the Spirit. John the Baptist was never drunk wine or a strong drink, but he was filled with the Spirit in his mother's womb. There's a counterfeit to being uh, drunk in the spirit and it's to be drunk with wine but the reality is that we're all supposed to be filled with the spirit and so the taste and see honey pot was all about getting so aware of God that they were overwhelmed just like if you drink too much alcohol in the natural your body's overwhelmed with the amount of alcohol in your blood and that's what causes people to do crazy things we believe that you could be so full of the awareness of God that you begin to step into the reality of of who God's created you to be. Like there's a courage that comes on you. Just like people who get drunk with strong drink, all of a sudden they get this thing that we used to call back before I was saved, liquid courage. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody not always live with Jesus your whole life? You know what I'm talking about? You go up into the club, you see that 10 out of 10 dime piece in the corner. That's how we would say that's the, that's the girl that's a 10 out of 10. If on the scale of one to 10, she is beautiful. She got a good job. She got a good family. Like she knows who she is and she knows it. And you could tell she knows it. She's a dime piece. She's a 10 out of 10. And you know, you don't got a chance with her. But all of a sudden, you get a few drinks in you and all of a sudden you Brad Pitt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's liquid courage. And she got a boyfriend, and he like Mike Tyson, big, huge, buff guy. And you know you can't beat him, but you get a few drinks in him, and you, and all of a sudden you think you can take him. You're going to get knocked out. But that's liquid courage. It's a counterfeit. See, one of the main manifestations of being full of the Spirit of God is boldness. Notice every time the Holy Spirit's poured out, Holy Spirit's poured out in Acts chapter two, what happens? Peter, who just a few verses earlier was scared of little campfire girl and started cussing, denying Jesus Christ, all of a sudden stands up in front of the ones who crucified Jesus and tell them, you crucified Jesus. You're the one who did it. And he's the Lord, and the Lord resurrected him from the dead. And this guy who we resurrected, who we picked up, who was born crippled, we did it in the name of Jesus. And it's faith in this name that makes this man stand whole before you. You crucified him. And they were cut to the heart, and they repented. And that day, over 5,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. Boldness came upon on Peter. They said once they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they knew they had been with Jesus. The thing that changed is that they were full of the Spirit. There's a boldness that came upon them. Jesus. Jesus. I believe God wants to do some stuff this morning. Thank you, Lord. Help me keep on track. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I felt something. I knew I'm going to shift gears right now. I was going a certain direction, but I'm going to do it on purpose because I felt something this morning when I was on my knees here this morning. I feel like it's for this crowd this morning. What you don't understand about this video is that one, pro- one week prior to this video, I was in Houston, I know, San Antonio, Texas, and I was doing a meeting with Dr. Randy Clark. And uh, if you've ever done a meeting with Dr. Randy Clark, he's known for miracles and healing. It's his thing. He's written like 10 books on healing and miracles. And so the worst cases come to, um, the worst cases come to Dr. Randy Clark's meetings, people who have terminal illnesses. And you'll see like before a meeting, they'll have three kids that are like 10 years or younger that have cancer and they're terminal and there's nothing they can do about it. And Randy prays for them before the meeting. And then he'll pray for people all night long. And then after the meeting, you'll go into the green room and they'll bring a mom of four kids that has cancer. And there's no hope for him to pray. And he'll minister again for an hour after the meeting. People don't understand that healing is a compassion ministry. And, it, and, it, and you can't do it with your compassion. You have to do it with the compassion of God. And so um, we were in San Antonio, um, Texas, and uh, a lady came that had cancer from Houston. She drove about however long it is from Houston to San Antonio. I want to say it's like four or five hours, maybe longer to get there. And she came and she was about 80 pounds soaking wet. She came into the meeting and, um, and, um, and when she came into the meeting, Brandy prayed for her for quite a bit of time and she didn't see, we didn't see any breakthrough at, the, at that moment. He spent probably about 10 or 15 minutes praying for her. There was no noticeable difference that happened. And he said, hey, Richie, can you come on over here? And so I came over and he said, Richie is one of my spiritual sons and he's gonna pray for you for, a few, for some more time and pray for you to get breakthrough. He sees a lot of miracles as well. And I pressed in for this lady for about 10, 15 minutes and we didn't see anything of noticeable breakthrough. Now this happens quite a bit in the sense of a lot of times you see a, a video like that and you, see, you think that every single person we pray for that gets healed, but that's not the, the reality of the healing ministry. There's an other side of the miraculous in the healing ministry and it's the people who don't receive their miracle. 
It's the, it's the, as Randy Clark has a message called the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. So the other side of the healing ministry of when a person does get healed, but then the sickness comes back and they die or whatever. And it's these, these testimonies that rip your heart out. And so what do you do with these testimonies? How can we as a church embrace a life of the miraculous. I want to submit to you, this is what the Lord spoke to me on the front row this morning. I didn't prepare this message, but this is a now message for you. I want to submit to you that in order to embrace a lifestyle of the miraculous, you have to embrace a lifestyle of mystery. You have to be able to say, I don't know, rather than to create false doctrine because of your disappointment. The Lord spoke to me on January the 2nd of this year as I waited on him. My wife and I do that every year for this year. And I said, Lord, this is the year of blank. Tell me what it is. And the Lord said, this is the year of fulfillment right away. So I want to make a a declaration over you that this is the year of fulfillment. This is the year of, of dreams being realized, of prophecies coming to pass. This is the year where you will receive the tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire realized or longings realized or dreams realized is the tree of life. And I wanna declare to you, there are many people who are here today, and tonight we're gonna press in even more, but there are many people that are here that you've been pressing in for breakthrough, for healing, for financial breakthrough, for debts being eliminated, for relational breakthrough, that you have not seen your breakthrough. And there are many people, I believe there's at least a few people in here that have been pressing in here for a baby but you haven't been able to get pregnant. And this is the year that you will get pregnant. This is the year where you will get debt-free, and this is the year where you will be healed permanently, miraculously. So we're gonna go somewhere this morning that I believe that God wants us to go, but you need to, just going back to my testimony really quickly about tasting and seeing, they began to get drunk in this Holy Spirit, Joaquin, and then began to get drunk in the Holy Spirit before the healing room started. Remember, they weren't seeing any breakthrough. They began to just taste and see that God was good. Now, here's the funny thing. I met Joaquin right before they started the honeypot. My first time ever meeting him, it was in the prayer meeting. I sat beside him, and, I, and I, as soon as I sat beside him, I saw a, a vision. I went into a vision, almost like a trance-like vision. It was more than just a vision in my mind's eye. It was like I was in the vision. I could hear people around me, and I saw, this is a weird thing, but I saw Winnie the Pooh pouring honey from heaven over Joaquin, and I heard the Lord say, taste and see that I am good. Now listen, that's weird. (laughs) But let me tell you, if you don't embrace the mystery, you will not ever walk in the power of God on a consistent level. You gotta be able to understand and and be able to go with the fact that I don't know. I'm not gonna understand all of what God tells me or says to do. And if you don't step out and take a risk to look like a fool or to get it wrong sometimes then you'll never see the breakthrough. You'll never see the miraculous on a regular basis because he's outside of our understanding. Our little finite minds are never gonna understand the fullness of God. We're gonna spend all of eternity worshiping him because he's worthy of it. Come on. So I didn't understand, but I had the vision and I heard a word from the Lord to tell him, so I told him. He slides onto the floor under the power of God, grabs my ankle and begins to pray for me. Now, I'm from a Baptist background. I don't know about being slain in the spirit or, the, or, the, or any of these kind of things. I fall down on top of him. When people say the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, I say you don't know the Holy Spirit really. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's never been in your box. The Holy Spirit's not gonna be in your box. The Holy Spirit does whatever he wants to do. He is Lord God. He is God, just like God the Father, just like Jesus, and he does what he wants to do, whether you like it or not. And he came upon me, and my head was on the chest of a man, and I did want not want my head on his chest. I want to get up. I cannot get up. The Holy Spirit is on me. Eventually, I stopped struggling and began to embrace it, and I, and I got so full of the Spirit that it was as if I was drunk. Now, I got drunk in the world. I know what it's like to be drunk in the world. This was way better. They started the honeypot right after that. And the Lord spoke to Joaquin and he said, you'll know you have your breakthrough when you forget that there are people there to receive prayer. You have to be reminded. 
because you're so aware of me and you're enjoying me. Two weeks into it, there's a loud knock on the door while they were doing the honey pot before the, honey, uh, before the healing rooms took place. And it was the janitor. And he was like, don't you think that it's kind of rude to have all these sick people out here in the line waiting to come in to get healing and you're in here just laughing and having a good old time? He was offended. But they all of a sudden had a light bulb go off. We've, we've done it. We're aware of God. The first three people, all three with terminal illnesses that stepped across the threshold of the healing room were instantly healed without a person praying for them. I want to tell you that your breakthrough isn't in striving, it's in believing. That actually one of the definitions of faith can be said it's like stretching out and resting. It's like having one of those beach chairs that you have to, by faith, lean back in and trust that it's going to hold up your weight. That's what like faith is. Resting in the Lord, understanding that he's good, understanding that it's his will to heal. So back to what about those who don't get healed? What about that? It's God's will to heal. I just talked about that. I can build a whole message on the fact that it's God's will to heal already. I don't have to beg him as if he doesn't want to heal. It's his will to heal. And that's through Jesus' apostolic prayer. And I know this because of Jesus is the exact representation of what God is like. Colossians says that God is invisible. He's a spirit. But his invisible attributes can clearly be seen in the person of Jesus Christ. So that means that Jesus Christ is perfect theology. Theology meaning the study of God. If you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. And if you can't see your theology in the person of Jesus, then you need to repent and change your theology to line up with what you see in Jesus. How many people came to Jesus for healing and left unhealed? Boom. Why? Because it's his perfect will to heal everyone who comes to him in faith. Come on. Come on. So once we have that as a standard, then why don't people get healed? Well, it's a mystery. I don't, I don't create a doctrine that can explain it so that my mind can have peace. This is where doctrines that God no longer heals comes from. This is where doctrines where it's something that you did wrong comes from. Not all the time. We can't just put people all in one category. It's a demon. What are you, what, there's sin in your life. No, no, no. This is where these weird doctrines come from. Sometimes we just got to say, I don't know, but I'm going to press in. There's a scripture in Revelations 21, 21 that describes the gates of heaven being pearls. One solid pearl. I believe it's a prophetic picture. Pearls are created when a grain of sand gets inside of an oyster and it causes that oyster irritation. And the oyster begins to rub friction up against like that soft tissue on the inside that it's irritating to that oyster, begins to rub against that grain of sand and there's friction over and over and over. Before you know it, there's a smooth pearl that's created that grows and grows and grows. The kingdom of God is made out of one huge pearl, which is interesting because Jesus said the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation like it's over there or over there, but the kingdom of God is inside of you. And the gate of the kingdom of God is a pearl. I want to submit to you that that gate is your heart and that heaven wants to come to earth through you. You are the gateway of heaven, that heaven wants to be manifested through your life and that all of life is a matter of the heart and how we steward our heart. Desire realizes a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the what sick? The heart sick. I believe that God wants to heal people's hearts this morning and this evening as we prepare for fulfillment of the promise. Some of you will receive your fulfillment of your promise this morning through healing and some tonight. But God is doing something in our heart. See, what happens is when you decide and you, that you will believe that it's God's will to heal every time, whether you see it or not, then when you do not see it, that, that testimony or that injustice of that person dying of cancer becomes a grain of sand that irritates you. But when you choose not to give up, 
and retreat from it, but you embrace it and begin to press in an intimacy because revelation comes through intimacy. Who was it, the disciple, that Peter looked over Jesus to ask who's gonna betray Jesus? What disciple was it? It was John. Where was John's head? It's a picture. Revelation comes through intimacy. So what do we do with mystery? When that grain of sand comes, we don't retreat from God. We don't begin to blame God. We don't begin to get into unbelief and hopelessness. We take that grain of sand to the secret place of intimacy and we begin to meditate on the cross. We begin to meditate on his character and his nature, that he shed his blood, that he chose us, and his goodness expressed through Jesus Christ. We begin to meditate on Isaiah that says he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. The truth of what he said and we say, God, we're not seeing the manifestation of what you promised, but we know that what you promised is true and we are going to press in and I declare your goodness. I'm gonna praise you while I wait for my breakthrough. I'm gonna praise before my breakthrough and we begin to press into God and we begin to go to the secret place and we take our questions to him and we ask him, just like Psalm 42 says, if you read Psalm 42, which we don't have a lot of time, but I wanted to read it so bad, you will see the Psalm where are you, God? My, my tears are coming out over and over. I'm like drowning in my tears. Like, where are you, God? And in the end, it finishes with, but I will praise you. You are the God of hope. And he begins to talk to his soul. Hope in God. We press in and we don't give up. And we press into his character. And we present our heart before him. And this is that process. This friction. And after a while, as you press in and you keep believing, even though you might not be seeing it every time, your heart becomes the pearl, the gate by which heaven comes to earth. You got to embrace mystery in order to embrace a life of the miraculous. This girl that I prayed for with cancer in San Antonio, even though I pray for lots of people and I don't see healing, for a week straight, I could not get her face out of my mind. I could not get her family's face out of my mind. They wanted their daughter, their sister, their mom healed so bad, and I wanted her healed so bad. And it would not leave me. Eventually, see, we have this thing as ministers we cannot take the blame when people don't get healed because if we take the blame when they don't get healed, then we'll take the glory when they do get healed. So we have this, we have this, this practice of shaking it off or not allowing shame or anything like that get on us as a result of what we don't see. But there's this other tension of if Jesus was here, he healed them all. And the breakthrough is not on his end because I know it's his will, it's on my end. So there's a responsibility for me to steward this in a way that brings more breakthrough. Come on. So I realize the Holy Spirit's talking to me, so I take it to the secret place. And I begin to, see, you have permission. I, I preach a message. If we start taking advantage of our advantage, John 16, Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away because if I go away, I'll send to you the Holy Spirit. It's even a greater advantage in having Jesus with us in the flesh. This is according to Jesus in John 16, that we have the Holy Spirit. Each and every one of us has the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I go away. So if we start taking advantage of our advantage, which is the Holy Spirit, then we'll see Jesus get his full reward. So we have the Holy Spirit to debrief these moments with, to talk about them in the secret place. What can I have done better? Is there a way that I could pray? What can I believe better? Why am I not seeing this breakthrough? Not in a condemnation sense, not in a, a striving sense. As we worship him in this place of intimacy, in this place of declaration, this is who you are. I know that you're good. I'm processing it. See, I have seen breakthrough many times. I saw a, a guy who was a Vietnam veteran who had a a stroke and the whole left side of his body was not working. His left side of his face was slumped down and, or, and his hand wasn't working. His foot was kind of dragging along. And I, and I 
declared over this guy as I came up to pray for him. He said, I can't get up. I had a stroke. And I said, in the name of Jesus, get up. And I grabbed his hands and I pulled him up. I was only saved for about a year. I saw it in the Bible. And I, I just, I didn't know any better. I said, in the name of Jesus. And I grabbed his hand and I pulled him up. And, and by the grace of God, he started walking and running and he was miraculously healed on the university campus of Chico, California. This was a faith declaration. This was a, a declaration I commit. I saw a lady in the Netherlands had uh, stage four cancer in her armpit. It was came back like the third time, big, huge um, uh, tumor in there, the size of a lemon. I prayed for her three times. On the fourth time, I said, in the name of Jesus, I command your body to come under the dominion of King Jesus. Her hand was on top of, on, on top of the tumor. My hand was on top of her hand and I could feel physically, boom, it go down. And she started weeping and crying and she was miraculously healed of cancer. Those are both faith declaration statements. So I've seen breakthrough with those. And that's what I was doing that night with the lady in the wheelchair. I command your body to come under the dominion of King Jesus, but I wasn't seeing breakthrough. So I'm processing it with the Lord. And I have this vision. This lady was maybe 80 pounds. I could easily pick her up. I said, next time I get an opportunity to pray for somebody, I'm going to try something new. This is the dream that God began to give me in my heart. I'm going to pick her up. I'm going to ask her family, can I pick her up and walk with her? And I'm just going to borrow compassion from my daughter. I have a seven-year-old little girl. I'm going to imagine that this little 80-pound woman is my daughter. And I'm going to borrow compassion and I'm going to walk and pray until my heart wells up with tears and I begin to weep and cry. And I'm going to see if that brings a breakthrough. I'm going to try something new. I was just dreaming in my secret place time with the Holy Spirit. Here's a key to living a lifestyle of the miraculous. You have permission to dream with the Holy Spirit. A week later, here I am in Sao Paulo, Brazil, building an atmosphere of faith, talking about don't press in and, 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 and into the problem, creating atmosphere of faith. You know what? We're going to laugh over sickness tonight. See, I've seen a lot of miracles when we go from striving to putting our hands on the issue and just laughing at it because Psalms 2 says that he who sits in the heavens laughs at his enemies. And, and this sickness and disease is a work of the enemy, so we're going to laugh at the sickness. And I've seen many people get healed and we're doing that and all of a sudden blind eyes start popping open, deaf ears start popping open. Before you know it, there's testimony after testimony after testimony coming across the front of the stage. My ear opened up, I was deaf since birth, it's opened up, my eye opened up. And the more people testify, the more the room gets filled with faith for the miraculous. All of a sudden I see this lady coming down the aisle and, and she's got people around both of her arms and she's doing this, her legs are like noodles. That one leg looks like it's dislocated from the hip. She's clearly crippled. She's spastic. She has spastic testosteroparesis or something crazy like that. If you're a doctor, then laugh at me. It's a form of cerebral palsy. She's so crippled. And I have to be honest with you, when I saw her coming down the aisle, I remembered the lady in the wheelchair and I didn't have a whole lot of faith that she would be healed. But I knew the Brazilians did because of all that's happening. So I thought, I'm going to let them pray for her first. I'm going to pray for all these other easier ones. We're going to see breakthrough over here. And then if she's still not healed, then I'll go pray for her. So they're pressing in and I'm seeing all these miracles. And finally I look over and I look at her and she looks like she's in a tremendous amount of pain. The Brazilians are like really believing for her to be healed. And they're trying to hold her up, but she's clearly in pain from trying to stand with a condition that she cannot stand. She has not the ability to do that. So I come over with compassion and I was like, would you like to sit down? Yes. Go get her wheelchair. And you could see a collective disappointment come across some people. Go get her wheelchair. Let her sit back down. I said, do you mind if I hug you? She said, yes. I asked her family members. I began to hug her and I began to borrow compassion. 
from my daughter until I began to weep. And what you see when the video comes in is when that began to happen, her leg began to shake and tremble. The left leg that was out of socket began to shake and tremble and she began to go, ow, in Portuguese. It's the same word, ow. And she's like doing this and I'm like, what's happening? She's like, power. I'm like, power's good, power's good. I bless the power. She's like, ah, doing this. And, and I begin to pray and I begin to ask the Lord, what do I do? And her hips out. And so I'm like, maybe I do the, the leg thing. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm practicing as I'm going. I'm not like a professional here. Like I'm just a child. Listen, never try to be a professional healer. Just be a little boy with a, with a, a loaf of bread and a fish. Come with what you have. Be humble. And I'm trying stuff and I'm praying. And you see me doing that in the video. And eventually faith because the Brazilians can see, I want to point yourself, there's so many miracles that happens in Brazil, but there's something about the culture that when they see God moving, rather than go into critical spirit, they go into faith. How does your heart respond when you see a miracle? Does it immediately go to critical, to unbelief, or does it go to a place of faith? See, Hebrews says, beware lest you have an evil heart of unbelief. We treat unbelief as though it's an acceptable sin, but it's not. It's a sin. These signs follow those who believe and all things are possible to those who believe. These are statements of Jesus Christ. If you don't believe that all things are possible, then you are in unbelief. And the thing that actually upsets God's heart is when we don't believe in his goodness and we don't believe that he wants to heal. Come on. He's manifested his goodness in the person of Jesus Christ. So they attach their faith and then what they're singing, which you don't know because they're singing in Portuguese is, no one's gonna touch your glory. All things are from you, all things back to you. And I didn't know that somebody's videoing this with their iPhone and that somebody's gonna put it on Facebook a week later or two days later and within three days, 1.6 million people clicked on that video it goes viral that's just on one facebook account in brazil over 3.6 million people in one account seen this video it goes viral isn't it perfect that they're singing no one's gonna touch your glory dr randy clark says richie you have no idea how rare a video is like this that we see a lot of miracles take place but rarely do we catch a miracle in process It's the glory of God. It's the glory of God. One last testimony, and we're gonna press in and pray. But we're gonna continue this tonight. So I wanna encourage you, if you don't have plans to be here, to shift your plans and come. Because I believe that this is a night of breakthrough. Tonight will be a night of acceleration in your spiritual life. What is more important than that in your life? That's an idol if you have something that you can put in that blank. <laughs> One more testimony. You gotta understand, my wife has been dealing with gallbladder issues at home. You ever seen somebody have a gallbladder attack? Worse pain than I saw her in when she was giving birth to our, 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 our babies on the floor, screaming in pain. I see healing miracles all the time. And here I am in my house, my wife, ah, help me, I'm dying. Praying, not seeing breakthrough. What do you do? What do you do? Do you allow hopelessness into your heart to make your heart sick? Or do you say, so hope in the Lord. And you press him for breakthrough. I have a brother-in-law and a sister-in-law. When they got married, the, my sister-in-law would have got pregnant on their wedding night. All she ever wanted to do was be a mom. Her whole life, that's all she wanted to do. She would have got pregnant on her wedding night. My brother-in-law, he said, well, why don't we just be married for a couple years before we go into that, you know? 
about a year and a half surprise pregnancy. I guess they had something to do with it. They just weren't planning it, you know, pregnant. They're elated. She's elated. He's elated. And then not too many weeks into it, miscarriage. They lose the baby and they're devastated, both of them. They got the room. They had everything set up. Miscarriage. What do you do? They start trying to have a baby now. They can't get pregnant. Pressing in, pressing in, pressing in, pressing in, can't get pregnant. In the middle of that, me and my wife get married. We go to Mexico on our honeymoon. Praise God. I want to go back to Mexico. Testimony of Jesus. It's awesome. We go to Mexico on our honeymoon, Playa del Carmen. Come back out. They want to hear some testimonies or some stories of our um, our, our trip in Mexico. So we come over for fondue. Now, I've never done a fondue. Anybody do fondue? Like, what a glorious idea. A huge thing of steak and chicken and shrimp or whatever your favorite meat is. And you get not, not just one, but whatever choice you want all night long, just eating meat and cheese and all this stuff and chocolate fondue. And I, I thought, well, this is awesome. I'm not thinking about ministry, I'm saying. I'm just thinking about food. I walk in to eat this fondue, and as I sit down at the table, I go into a trance. Now, if that bothers you, you need to open your Bible and read Acts chapter 10. Angel visitations, trances, dreams, all this stuff happened in the Bible, and it's still happening today. So I go into this trance. I could hear people in the room, but I'm in another place. And I'm meeting this little boy who's about five years old with curly blonde hair. And I'm talking to him about hockey all about hockey. And then boom, I'm back in the room. And I hear the Lord say, they're going to have a little boy and he's going to bring joy to their marriage. Now, God shares some things with you that you're not supposed to share to other people. And God will share his secrets with those who have the self-control to know when to share and when not to share. And oftentimes when he shares with me about people having babies, it's not to share with them. It's for me to pray into. So I wasn't going to share with them. We don't prophesy as a principle, mates, dates, or babies. Most of the time. So I wasn't going to share. I'm going to keep it to myself. So we eat the oil fondue and all this kind of fondue, cheese fondue. They put it all away and they're bringing out the chocolate fondue. And as they do, I hear the Lord say, tell her now. And it's like my dad used to say now, like back in the day when he told you one time and the next time is now. And if, the, and if you didn't do it now, then the foot was coming next. Like that kind of now, like you just hurry up and do what you got to do now. So I'm like sharing with her and everyone. Now there's a few people that don't know their situation in the room. They're there to hear about our honeymoon and Mexico and all that, but they don't know that they had a miscarriage. Before I know it, I'm, I'm blurting out, hey, Whitney. You guys are going to have a son. He's going to bring a lot of joy to your marriage. I just had a vision of it. And as soon as I did, the power of God comes in the room and everybody starts to uncontrollably weep. Like, uh, like ugly cry. You know what I'm talking about? For about 30 seconds, intense weeping. And then it lifts and everyone's kind of embarrassed. And so they start laughing uncontrollably for about 30 seconds. And then it's like, well, what do we do now? Chocolate fondue. Where do you go from there, right? Well, about a month later, we get a call. And what we didn't know, and what they didn't know, is that she was pregnant when I prophesied it. And they let us know we're pregnant. My brother-in-law kind of jokingly, he's kind of a, a teaser, says, well, we'll see if you're right or not, if it's a boy or not. I say, and I hear myself saying this. I'm trying to catch the words as they're coming out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, it'll be a boy, all right. He'll be born on my birthday. Now we just turned up the heat. <laughs> My sister-in-law said, it better not be. That'll make him 17 days late. <laughs> Guess what? A little blonde hair, curly hair boy was born on January 27th on my birthday. I was in Ohio. The Lord dropped a word in my heart. God wants to heal somebody of endometriosis. I, I didn't know what endometriosis was, and I have this fear that I'm going to say a medical term wrong, and the doctor's going to come up to me and rebuke me and say, that's not even a, a medical condition. 
So I'm like, this sounds like a dinosaur. It doesn't sound like a medical condition. Endometriosis, I'm not gonna say it. I get about 15 words of knowledge and they're all right. Everybody gets healed and I'm gonna go preach now. And, and the Lord said, say endometriosis. I, I, I'm not saying that. They said, say endometriosis. I'm not saying that. I go to preach and my mind goes completely blank. I can't remember anything I was gonna, I can't even remember my own name. I can't remember Bible verse. I can't remember anything. I was like, God, help me. He says, I said, say endometriosis. I said, okay. And God wants to heal somebody of... Um, endometriosis and this lady explodes over here ah, it's me it's me it's me god told me during worship he wanted to heal me and it was a lady who had been pressing in for healing she wanted to get pregnant it's a condition that women have it's like scarring and all this stuff in the womb and it prevents them from getting pregnant or if they do get pregnant then they lose the baby and the doctor said she'll never have a baby and she's volunteering in the nursery all she ever wants to be is a mom and god says she's going to be healed it's me, it's me, me. I say, well, we don't even have to pray for you. God already told you you're healed during worship. Few people get around her and thank God for her healing. She calls me a month later pregnant. So God wants to heal this morning. If you've pressed in for a condition for healing, if you've been trying to get pregnant, And I'm gonna throw in relationally, if you've been believing for a relational breakthrough but haven't got it, and you've been praying and believing but you haven't got it, and your heart might even feel like it's getting a little sick, I want you to stand up. There's no shame in it. God gives grace to the humble, resist the proud. Don't have any shame in it. This is a word for this church that God gave me on my knees in the front of the altar. And I believe that today is a day of fulfillment. Today is a day of breakthrough for you. I see the power of God on you right now. Let's go ahead and put your hands out. What's your name? Ryan, can you come lay your hands on Ingrid? Andrea? Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Andrea, I declare today is a day of breakthrough over you in Jesus' mighty name. Power of God coming upon you in Jesus' mighty name. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Wonderful Holy Spirit. And declare, we declare over you with the Holy Spirit as John 16 says, what is Jesus's is yours in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, receive your miracle in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I just thank you right now for relational breakthrough as well. In Jesus' mighty name, come Holy Spirit. More, 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 more. Immune system, come under the dominion of King Jesus right now. In Jesus' mighty name, I just bless your immune system. I bless your body. I bless your gut floor. I bless your, I bless your digestive system. I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. I bless your lymphatic system in Jesus' mighty name. I bless your hormones in Jesus' mighty name. I bless you in Jesus' mighty name. And I declare breakthrough in your life in Jesus' name. Today's your day of breakthrough. Father, I just thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit that is present now. If you need a miracle, I want you to grab it by faith. Take it quickly. Take it quickly. Say, I receive it. I receive it. Put your hand on your heart. Father, I repent of any unbelief. And to this morning, I give you my heart. Any hardness, heal it. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. You're a healer. You are a healer. Declare it. You're a healer. You're my healer. You're a miracle worker. You're my miracle worker. You're a miracle working God. You're faithful. You're faithful. You're true. Your word is true. And I receive the word of God, which has the power to perform what it was sent to do. And Isaiah released the word, by his stripes you were healed. 
And I say amen to the word that Isaiah prophesied and released into the earth. And I command everybody to come under the dominion of King Jesus now. By the blood of Jesus, I proclaim you healed and whole and new. In Jesus' mighty name, receive wholeness. Receive fullness of life. In Jesus' mighty name, I just see fresh breath coming into somebody's nostrils and God clearing out your breathing apparatus in Jesus name come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit come Holy Spirit just take a deep breath right now as you breathe in the faithfulness of God anxiety is leaving if you've been dealing with anxiety breathe in the faithfulness of God and anxiety will leave you now in Jesus name I command every demonically inspired disease I take authority over you in Jesus' name. I take authority over every demon in Jesus' mighty name. And I release healing power now in Jesus' name. I declare wholeness and freedom. If you guys have a ministry team, go ahead and come on to the front now. Present yourself for service. I want to honor the leadership of the church and honor the time here. I'm already three minutes past what I said I would. If you need healing this morning, I want you to come up to the front. If you've already received healing, praise God for your healing and begin to wave your hands over your head. If you could do something that you couldn't do before, I want you to begin to wave your hands over your head. Praise God, praise God. Few people already receiving healing breakthrough, more receiving healing breakthrough. See, what this does is it creates atmosphere of faith. I want you to come ready tonight if you receive healing to give a testimony. I want you to come ready tonight to be a contributor, not a spectator, for we're all gonna join our faith together tonight and we're gonna see mighty breakthrough and acceleration for Central Assembly of God and for Houston, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, America. Let's finish with a declaration and a song. Why don't we say this together? Everyone stand to your feet. We're going to say together, America shall be saved. Come on, let's say it again. America shall be saved. Say it like you believe it. America shall be saved. 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 America shall be saved in Jesus' name. God bless you and look forward to seeing you this evening. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.